0: Hello, listeners. This is Mike, your host. If you are enjoying these archive episodes, please consider supporting the podcast by going to the homepage, spacerockethistory.com, and clicking on the orange Donate button or the Patreon link. Hopefully, with your support, I can continue to release these archive episodes. Thanks.
1: Good morning. I'm Frank Reynolds. And these are the men who will make this historic voyage to the moon, the crew of Apollo 8. They are in their uh, command module right now. They've been in there since 5.34 this morning at Cape Kennedy, when the hatch was closed. Uh, The weather at the Cape is perfect, and uh, astronauts Borman, Lovell, and Anders are all set to go. The weather at the Cape, which had caused some concern last night and uh, yesterday, possibly it might interfere with today's launch has cleared up and everything is now apparently uh, all set to go. Standing by at Cape Kennedy to bring us a late status report is ABC science editor Jules Bergman. Jules? What we're going to see happen after a liftoff uh,
0: may seem slowly, may, may seem to take place slowly. Hello and welcome. This is Michael Annis and you're listening to episode 165 of the Space Rocket History Podcast. And now, Apollo 8. The launch. We left off last week with the crew inside the capsule, and the hatch was closed at T minus 2 hours and 17 minutes. Inside Apollo 8, all was quiet. Within their helmets, Borman's crew heard the voice of test conductor Dick Prophet talking to them from the launch control complex three and a half miles away, where hundreds of engineers monitored data from the spacecraft and booster. For most of the next hour, they followed his instructions, setting switches as part of the complex process of readying the command module for flight. Over in the right couch, Anders was amazed at how calm he felt. It was just like a simulation. He was almost bored. Around pad 39A, the glare of floodlights yielded to a clear dawn. During a break in the switch settings, out of the corner of his eye, Anders noticed something moving. He looked over at a window in the protective heat shield, called the boost protective cover, that covered the command module. A hornet buzzed around and landed, working for a short while, then flew off and returned. Anders thought to himself, Wow, did that hornet ever pick the wrong place to build a nest. Far below, the great rocket was filling with fuel. If disaster threatened now, while the Saturn was still earthbound, the men would scurry out of their craft and into a small gondola attached to a slide wire stretching from the launch tower to a concrete bunker. And, if there wasn't time for that, Borman could, with the twist of a handle, fire the escape rocket, poised above the command module's nose, whisking them up and away from the disaster. But an abort from the pad involved considerable risk of injury, and that was something everyone hoped would not be necessary. Meanwhile, 1,000 yards from the pad, armored, Tanks stood at the ready in case the men had to be rescued. Inside Apollo 8, Borman asked Dick Prophet, How is the booster doing? Prophet assured him that all was well. Now I have a series of clips from Jack King, taking us down to the T-15 minutes mark. I edited these clips to include the most important events in the least amount of time.
1: Meanwhile, on the launch vehicle side uh, with the Saturn V, the crew here in the control center during this period exercising the flight computer in the instrument unit. This is the brains of guidance system of the Saturn V launch vehicle. And throughout the countdown, uh, we run a number of computer tests with the flight computer and various other elements of the instrument unit to assure that it will be working properly. The hatch is now closed our countdown is still proceeding and all is still go at this time at 2 hours 14 minutes 28 seconds and counting this is launch control 2 hours 9 minutes 57 seconds and counting countdown proceeding satisfactorily at this time spacecraft test conductor dick profit directing some command checks between houston flight the mission control center in houston and the apollo 8 spacecraft command module pilot Jim Lovell responding as the commands are sent to the spacecraft. Coming up shortly will be some checks of the abort advisory system uh, between the crew here on the ground and the Apollo 8 astronauts. This uh, particular test is led by the Launch Operations Manager, Paul Donnelly, who has a responsibility uh, late in the count and during the early portion of liftoff to recommend aborts to Spacecraft Commander Borman if required. We are now in the process of checking out the abort advisory system, uh, simulating uh, conditions and assuring, simulating conditions uh, that would create an abort and testing out the various uh, communication systems that result in the abort light coming on as a recommendation to Spacecraft Commander Bormann in the cabin. The test now proceeding. Uh, Launch vehicle-wise, we're still uh, monitoring the status of the liquid propellants aboard all stages of the Saturn V launch vehicle. They appear to be stable. Uh, The topping off is continuing. That is replenishing uh, the supply of liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen as it boils off because it must be maintained at such extremely low temperatures. The astronauts in the spacecraft now responding as their cue lights come on and the abort advisory system check. T-minus two hours and counting, T-minus two hours, the countdown proceeding satisfactorily. At this point in the count, uh, we started a very major test uh, just several minutes ago, what's called the EDS test, EDS standing for the Emergency Detection System. This is a final major check of all elements of the emergency detection system within the launch vehicle that signals uh, the crewman in the spacecraft if there are problems, Uh, during the final phases of the countdown and, of course, during the powered phase of flight. We use computers to exercise all elements of the emergency detection system during this period. The test will last some 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, Spacecraft Commander Frank Borman uh, participating uh, very busily in the test uh, since he has to uh, keep an eye on his abort lights and report back as he gets his various cues. We had an uh, ad- abort advisory system test that preceded this. This was a more of a, a communications check, although uh, Borman did get his light cues. Now, uh, as far as the emergency detection uh, system check is concerned, it's a joint test with the launch vehicle and space vehicle people participating. We exercise all elements of the emergency detection system as uh, reported. Uh, If we did not have the computers uh, participating in a test like this, this test alone would take some 16 hours to complete. However, we will be able to complete it in some 20 to 25 minutes. What is going on at the time is we are creating different abort conditions, simulating them within the launch vehicle. These conditions in turn are sent to the instrument unit, the guidance system for the launch vehicle, which sits atop of the third stage. Within the guidance system, uh, this information is received. We have triple redundancy as far as abort conditions are concerned. That is, there are three different votes that can be registered on any single unsatisfactory condition. Two votes out of three confirming an unsatisfactory condition results in an abort uh, recommendation in most cases to the spacecraft commander, astronaut uh, Frank Borman. We have several abort modes, however, which would be automatic. These would be a rather catastrophic conditions in which there might be a loss of thrust on the pad or a possible tip over of the launch vehicle. This uh, very key test is uh, in progress at this time and will continue for some 20 minutes or so. Uh, as far as all other elements of the countdown are concerned, all still going well at this time. We're still aiming for our planned liftoff at 7.51 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, flying on a flight azimuth of 72 degrees for that launch time. All elements are go, and, in fact, uh, we're a little bit ahead on certain functions in our preparations at this time. That emergency detection system test uh, has been completed satisfactorily and the astronauts in the spacecraft now preparing to work with the spacecraft test conductor in some checks of the stabilization control system. in uh, during this uh, phase of the test, uh, the astronauts actually exercise those hand controllers in the spacecraft to ensure that we get proper re- uh, responses to the commands that are given by moving the hand controllers. Astronauts uh, Jim McDivitt and David Scott, who are the commander and command module pilot for the Apollo 9 mission, have arrived here in the control center. And we'll view the countdown from an observation boot, minus one hour, 30 minutes and counting. The boost protective cover was just placed uh, atop the uh, hatch on the Apollo 8 spacecraft just several minutes ago, and the crew in the White Room are now uh, securing the White Room area. They've been alerted by the spacecraft test conductor to secure the area in preparations for their departure. Uh, Once the uh, crew does depart at a designated time, the swing arm uh, that is attached now to the spacecraft with a white white room at its tip will be moved uh, some three feet, actually 12 degrees uh, from the spacecraft, and it will remain in that standby position until the T-minus-five-minute mark in the countdown when the swing arm is retracted fully uh, to the side of the umbilical tower at the pad. The purpose uh, here is to have the White Room standing close by in the event an emergency condition developed which would require the astronauts to depart the spacecraft. We could bring the White Room in uh, just from three feet away. It is fully retracted at the five-minute mark in the countdown. The astronauts aboard the spacecraft now participating in this uh, test of the stabilization and control system of the Apollo 8 spacecraft. As they move their hand controllers, uh, which would uh... provide maneuvers in space uh... we're checking the performance uh, here on the ground all aspects of the mission still are go weather is satisfactory the various tracking elements all go at this time t-minus fifty-six minutes twenty-three seconds and counting the spacecraft swing arm arm number nine now has been retracted from the apollo eight spacecraft it's being placed in its standby or park position and will be located some uh, three to five feet away from uh, the spacecraft hatch. Uh, once this is accomplished, uh, within a matter of minutes, we will arm uh, the 155-pound thrust launch escape tower atop of the command module. The swing arm now has been pulled back to its standby position. It will be fully retracted at T-minus five minutes in the count. The purpose, of course, is to have the white room nearby in the event an emergency condition uh, did occur that could require the astronauts to depart from the spacecraft. Uh, Once the arm is retracted, uh, the escape tower is armed in case of a catastrophic condition where an abort uh, could be applied. T-minus 48 minutes and counting. T-minus 48, and we are goal for the Apollo 8 countdown at this time. The crew in the spacecraft still uh, performing some final checks. Astronaut uh, Frank Borman, the spacecraft commander, just a few minutes ago gave a weather report of his own when he reported that the three-man crew could barely see what looked like some pink clouds out the window. Borman had earlier asked for a weather report from spacecraft test conductor Dick uh, Prophet. Meanwhile, here in the firing room at the the launch control center, some three and a half miles from the launch pad, the countdown still progressing satisfactorily here, and the crew is gearing up for some final checks of the range safety uh, command destruct system. These are the uh, destruct elements aboard the various stages of the vehicle that uh, would destroy the vehicle in flight if required, if the vehicle went off its trajectory. Of course, uh, the astronauts uh, would be aborted uh, from the vehicle if such an event did occur. During this period, uh, working with the Air Force Eastern Test Range tracking elements, we do check out the command safety receivers to assure that if uh, such a condition were required, the abort system and the destruct system would actually be able to receive the signals and accomplish the job. T-minus 39 minutes and counting. T-minus 39, and we are go for our countdown for the Apollo 8 mission to the moon at this time. Just uh, in progress as uh, this announcement came up was another key milestone in our countdown preparations, the power transfer test. This is uh, where we go from external power to the flight batteries aboard the Saturn V launch vehicle to assure that they are all working properly. Then in order to preserve these batteries, we return again to external power. Uh, The final switch to internal power on the batteries occurs at about the 52nd mark in the count. There are some 14 batteries in the Saturn V. The Apollo 8 crew of astronauts Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, and Bill Anders standing by in the spacecraft as this test is in progress. T minus 31 minutes and counting. T minus 30, our countdown progressing satisfactorily still aiming toward our planned liftoff time of 7.51 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Apollo 8 crew, astronauts Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, and Bill Anders, standing by in their spacecraft 320 feet above the launcher base at Pad A Complex 39 here at the Kennedy Space Center. The astronauts are standing by for another uh, major function that will be coming up shortly, and that is pressurization of the propellants for the engines they will use in space. These are thrusters, so-called quad thrusters. There are 16 of them located on the service module portion of the spacecraft. These are the thrusters that enable them to maneuver in space. We appear to have had a successful power transfer test with the launch vehicle, uh, in which we went to internal power on the flight batteries, but then returned to external power in order to conserve those batteries. Just a moment ago, astronaut Frank Borman asked his uh, spacecraft test conductor how the launch vehicle was doing, and the report that came back was the launch vehicle is doing fine. This is Apollo Saturn launch control at T-minus 26 minutes and counting. We are proceeding at this time. In progress at this time, we are pressurizing the propellants for the spacecraft uh, engine systems that would be used in a space environment. Astronaut Jim Lovell, the man who sits in the middle of the seat and who is the command module pilot, is reporting back to spacecraft test conductor Dick Prof, Profit on the status of the propellants. We pressurized these propellants, propellants with helium. The countdown has been going very well since it was picked up at 10.51 p.m. Eastern Standard Time last night. Shortly before we resumed the count of the 9.8 million pound mobile service structure was moved to its parked position some 7,000 feet from the pad. About an hour later, we began the propellant loading of the Saturn V launch vehicle. In some four and a half hours, we loaded uh, close to a million gallons total of liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen aboard the three stages of the Saturn V. We now have a vehicle standing 360 feet, 363 feet, that is, and weighing 6.2 million pounds on the launch pad here at the Kennedy Space Center. We're continuing to top off the liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen supplies uh, because they must be maintained under extremely cold temperatures. They will continue to boil off and we continue to replenish the supply down to the final minutes of the count. T-minus 16 minutes and counting. The Apollo 8 space vehicle is go for our planned liftoff at this time. We have just completed our transfer to full internal power with the fuel cells aboard the Apollo 8 spacecraft. This was confirmed by uh, Spacecraft Commander Frank Borman. Final checks on the flight azimuth going on at this time, and we're also synchronizing the clocks in the spacecraft with the Mission Control Center in Houston. Following are some of the highlights that will be coming up over the final phases of the count. We'll have a final status check at about five minutes and 30 seconds, and at the five-minute mark, The Apollo access arm, the top arm, will be fully retracted uh, to its fallback uh, position. The countdown sequencer will be armed at four minutes and 30 seconds, and we'll get a clearance uh, for launch from the range at the four minute mark in the count. The key event will come at three minutes and six seconds. It's identified in the procedures as the firing command and it's the start of an automatic sequence. It starts at three minutes and six seconds and leads up uh, to the ignition of the five engines in the first stage of the Saturn V. Those engines, the sequence for the engine ignition will start at 8.9 seconds. As we build up the thrust, we should get a commit. That is that we have satisfactory thrust coming out of all five engines and have built up a thrust level close to the seven and a half million pounds of thrust required for this rocket. We should get a liftoff at zero.
0: Up until now, Borman, Lovell, and Anders had known in the back of their minds that there was the possibility that a malfunction would turn this countdown into just another practice run and they would have to climb out and try again another day. But now, as the count reached T-15 minutes, there seemed to be no doubt They were really going. In the control center, the flight surgeons monitoring telemetry from the spacecraft saw Borman's heart rate start to climb.
1: T-minus 11 minutes and counting. T-minus 11 and our count is still go at this time. Coming up uh, shortly, uh, about 5 minutes from this time actually, we'll retract to its uh, full fallback position the spacecraft access arm, which is at the 320-foot level uh, at the spacecraft. The uh, astronauts, astronauts Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, and Bill Anders, going through some final communications checks with the crew here in the control center. These are checks of the VHF communications, the very high frequency communications that will be used after liftoff. We want to assure ourselves that, that they will be operating satisfactorily. Also coming up, the astronaut crew will be busy on some final checks of the Astrocom circuit. This is a special circuit in which the board uh, recommendations uh, could be given to the astronauts if the indications were received as such. Here in the control center, some three and a half miles from the launch pad, Also, Mission Control Center in Houston can send these same recommendations. We've now passed the 10-minute mark in our countdown. We're at 9 minutes 51 seconds and counting. All aspects of the mission go at this time. Still aiming for a launch time of 7.51 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a flight azimuth of 72 degrees. The flight azimuth has been uh, verified in the instrument unit the guidance system for the launch vehicle and we've also had an update uh, to assure that we have the correct flight azimuth in the spacecraft this has been confirmed by the crew and we are proceeding T-minus, T-minus seven minutes thirty seconds and counting still aiming toward our planned liftoff time spacecraft test conductor to Profit has just uh, completed a status check of all elements concerned with the spacecraft operations All reported go, and there were three particularly strong and loud goes from the three astronauts in the spacecraft, 320 feet above the base of the launcher at Complex 39. Jim Lovell reported just a few minutes ago that he could see a blue sky, and it looked like the sun's out. The spacecraft test conductor reported back that it's a very fine day. We're at T-minus 6 hours, 6 minutes, 50 seconds and counting, and we are...
0: With seven minutes left, Dick Prophet took his final status check, and in the middle of his lengthy poll, he called out, Spacecraft! And Borman, Lovell, and Anders answered together in full voice, Go! Now the pace quickened.
1: Five minutes, 30 seconds, and our count is still go at this time. We just completed further status checks here in the firing room at the control center. Here in the control center, we've had our status checks and uh, the range has given a go as, as has the uh, launch director, Rocco Patron. We are still counting and we are go coming up on the five-minute mark in the count. Mark, T-minus five minutes and counting, T-minus five. At this point, the Apollo access arm should be coming back and it is now moving back. the 320 foot level to its fully retracted position high atop the tower at pad a our countdown still proceeding at this time at the four minute mark in the countdown the overall count will be turned over to the launch vehicle test conductor ray roberts the launch vehicle test conductor will conduct the final four minutes as all uh different aspects uh move over to the launch vehicle test conductors channel the uh Automatic sequence, as reported, will come in at the three-minute and six-second mark in the countdown. We're With just
0: five minutes to go, the white room and its access arm swung away. At three minutes, seven seconds, the launch pad's automatic sequencer took over, monitoring the last influx of propellants and controlling the final events before
1: liftoff. Coming up on three minutes and 30 seconds and counting. Mark, T-minus 3 minutes and 30 seconds and counting, we have completed our communications checks with the Apollo 8 astronauts in the cabin, and the communications are go. Coming up shortly, we'll uh, be in the automatic sequence where we have a completely automatic uh, checkout of the launch vehicle from uh, 3 minutes and 6 seconds down. We have firing command. The firing command is in. We are now on the automatic sequence. T minus three minutes and counting. During this period, once we do get the firing command, the various tanks within the three stages of the Saturn V launch vehicle begin to pressurize. They all must be under pressure before we're ready to launch. We have a sequence status board here in the control room that will give us readouts on the overall status of the space vehicle as we reach the terminal phases in the countdown. Now two, two minutes, uh, 32 seconds and counting. Our status board indicates that all aspects are ready. Instrument unit is ready, spacecraft ready, final check of the emergency detection system, that ready light also on. First stage preparations are completed. Two minutes, 15 seconds and counting, the tanks continuing to pressurize in the vehicle. Not as many reports coming now as we all stand by on the launch vehicle test conductor's channel. Coming up on the two-minute mark on the Apollo 8 mission, two minutes and counting. T-minus two minutes and counting, we are still proceeding. We now have uh, recorded that the uh, first stage uh, liquid oxygen tank has been pressurized and the pressure is still building up. One minute, 45 seconds and counting. We have a vehicle weighing 6.2 million pounds on the pad. Interestingly enough, some 1,200 pounds of that weight is just frost on the side of the vehicle created by the extremely low temperatures of the propellants. Coming up on 90 seconds, Mark, T-minus, 90 seconds and counting. The Apollo 8 uh, crew standing by, Spacecraft Commander Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, Bill Anders. We now have a report that the liquid hydrogen tank on the third stage is pressurized. One minute, 15 seconds. All third stage uh, propellants pressurized at this time as we come up on the 60 second mark on a flight to the moon. T-minus 60 seconds and counting. T-minus 60 seconds and counting. The vehicle now is completely pressurized. We're coming up on a power transfer shortly. minus 50 seconds and counting. We have the power transfer. We're now on the flight batteries within the launch vehicle. 45 seconds. Final reports coming from Frank Borman at this time. Final uh, look at the switch list aboard the spacecraft. 35 seconds and counting. We'll lead up to an ignition sequence start at 8.9 seconds. This will lead up as we build up the thrust to a liftoff. If all goes well, at zero. We've just passed the 25-second mark in the count. 20 seconds. All aspects. We are still go at this time. T minus 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9. We have ignition sequence start. The engines are armed. Four, three, two, one, zero. We have commit. We have. We have liftoff. Liftoff at 7:51 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.
0: Ignition. Suddenly, the base of the Saturn sprawled a cauldron of smoke and flame that gave way to a river of golden white fire, spilling out from both sides of the launch platform. Yellow smoke billowed. For long seconds, the Saturn strained against a set of enormous hold-down clamps while the first-stage engines built up to full power. Up in the command module, there was no noise or vibration. But somehow, Borman and his crew could sense the growing power far beneath them. At T-minus three seconds, there came a distant rumbling, like thunder on the horizon, that swelled into a roar. Finally, in the midst of the heightening commotion, came a sudden and mild jolt, and Borman's crew heard Prophet cry, Lift off! Borman glanced at the mission clock on the instrument panel. Lift off, he called, his voice charged with adrenaline. The clock is running. The Saturn ascended, seemingly racked by spasms, steering nervously past the launch tower, its engines correcting and re-correcting in quick spasmodic jerks. Up in the command module, these corrections translated into sudden, jarring motions that threw the men from side to side against their harnesses. No simulation had ever hinted at the violence of this ride post-flight debriefing, Anders would say only that he was impressed by the Saturn's very positive control. But in reality, he felt as if he were helpless prey in the mouth of a giant angry dog. After all those simulations, if the first 10 seconds were this different, what would the rest of the flight be like? Long seconds passed in thunder while the rocket climbed its own length and still higher. Borman's crew barely heard Prophet shout, Tower clear! The danger of collision with the launch tower passed. They were climbing.